Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. And he said unto them, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you that I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 22, verse 15. As Christians, we often see the Last Supper and think of communion, simple crackers and grape juice, and a remembrance of Jesus being broken for our sins. Yet there is so much more to this, And we can start to truly see it when we remember that the Last Supper was actually a Passover meal. Jesus kept the Passover with symbolic foods to remember their deliverance from Egypt and how a lamb was slain on their behalf to protect them from the judgment that came upon Egypt for its sins. This judgment, this plague of death, passed over them because of the sacrifice of this lamb. It was also a prophetic similitude of a coming event that was yet to be fulfilled. Yet Jesus says here that he will eat this Passover meal and will not eat it again until it, the prophetic Passover, be fulfilled. And of course, we know that Jesus did eat again when he returned to them after the resurrection, showing that the Passover's prophetic declaration had been fulfilled through him. In Luke chapter 22, verse 17, we read, And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Understanding the Passover customs sheds a lot of light on what Jesus was actually saying in these powerful passages. During the Passover meal, The cup of grape juice is drank four times as they partake of four different promises of God. Jesus gave this sweet cup of blessing and promise to his followers, but did not drink of it himself. God had a different cup for him to drink of. A not-so-sweet one. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. Luke chapter 22, verse 19, says this, And he took bread, and gave thanks, and brake it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In this act, does Jesus clearly tell his followers that he is the Passover sacrifice? And in the same manner that God told the Israelites to keep the Passover in remembrance of their deliverance from the bondage of Egypt, 
Jesus tells them now to keep the Passover in remembrance of him and their spiritual deliverance from the bondage of their spiritual Egypt. The day that death and judgment passed over them because of the blood that was shed on their behalf, the Passover lamb slain from the foundations of the world to take away our sin and to bring every man the opportunity for deliverance. Luke chapter 22 verse 20 says, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. At the end of the Passover meal ceremony, known nowadays as a Seder, there is a fifth and final cup that no one ever drinks from. Not until the great and terrible day of judgment be upon us. In fact, it is actually excluded from most modern Passover Seders and replaced with a child looking for the prophet Elijah to explain this cup and its contents to them. But Jesus said that the spirit of Elijah had already come in John the Baptist to do this for them. But they didn't hear him. This fifth cup represents the promise of the cup of the fury of God's wrath upon the disobedient. It was this cup that Jesus was pleading in the garden of Gethsemane to be taken away from him. Yet was he willing to drink it for us and give us the cups of promise instead. This not-so-sweet cup was not to be drunk until the Passover was completed. This was Jesus' cup to drink. And he said that he would drink nothing else until that spiritual Passover was completed. And it was indeed completed in its entirety by Jesus. So that when he had completed it, then did Jesus drink it. He took our sour cup of judgment, leaving the sweet cups of promise. We read in John chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus upon the cross at the end of the crucifixion process, it says, and after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scriptures might be fulfilled, he saith, now I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth when jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost So in this do we see that he did drink that not-so-sweet cup for us. And when we do communion, there's more to it than we give credence. So let us do this in remembrance of him and what he did in its completeness.
and when that time comes, if we so choose to keep the Passover, let us do that also, every element of it, in remembrance and thanksgiving to King Jesus and how he delivered us from our spiritual Egypt. John chapter 1 verse 29 says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says that God hath made Jesus to be sin for us. Jesus, who knew no sin, was made sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God, we thank you. We remember you. The fullness of what you went through. We know that we're not saved by rituals or ordinances, but you did command us to keep them and to keep them in remembrance. Let us fully understand the depths of what they are meant to teach us. God, we thank you for the perfection of what you've given us in your word from Genesis to Revelations. Help us to unpack it, to understand it. Help us to cherish it, to consume it. Let it be hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against you. As the psalmist said, O Lord, we know that the time is short that we have for this book to be read because that the enemy is going to do everything he can to take it out of our hands. My friend, you better get in the prayer closet and ask God to reveal it to you, to cause it to set in your spirit, play it in your ear every day, every night. Believe it. Jesus is the fulfillment of it. You can't take bits and pieces of it. We are saved by faith or belief in Jesus, in his words, in what he came to teach us. He was the manifestation of the entirety of the scripture made flesh. The word of God made flesh among men and we did not comprehend it. My friend, you have the opportunity right now to consume it. When he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood, he wants his word to be consumed by you, to become part of who you are, that you might be changed by it. Every word in the scripture from beginning to end was manifested in the man Jesus. If we don't believe it, then we don't believe him and we're not saved because we don't have faith in who he is. Oh God, by your grace, you deliver us from the bondages of our spiritual Egypt, we believe every word that you've spoken, that you give us the power to overcome the enemy, that you cause death and judgment to pass over me. We thank you for what you've done, for the sacrifices made. We thank you, God, that you were willing to send your son. We thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to drink the cup. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you were willing to come. Let your will be done in us, on earth, as it is in heaven. And Lord, give us this day our daily bread, not just food, for men shall not live by bread alone, but 
you, the bread of life, the Passover, the unleavened, undefiled, uncorrupted bread of God. We remember you. We thank you. We honor you. We praise you. Our enemy is defeated. He is under our feet. We will be seated with you in heavenly places, priest and king of your kingdom. You gave us the blessing when we did not deserve it. You are worthy of our praises for as long as we can give it. You took the bitter and gave me the sweet. You took the wrath and gave me victory. You took the chaos and gave me peace. You took the reins and said, trust in me. When we remember you and all that you've done, we trust you, we love you, we have confidence. We know that we are loved by you. We lose fear and we gain peace so that it's not just for you, but for us also that you said, remember me. When we remember how faithful you have been in the past, we have trust for what comes next. When we remember how good and kind beyond our deserving you have been to us through all of your own trials and tribulations, it causes us to love you all the more. When we remember your unfailing, relentless faithfulness, it gives us confidence in the face of new impossibilities and oppositions to our destiny. When we remember what you taught us and demonstrated for us that death cannot keep us and that there is so much more waiting for us on the other side of what we are seeing in this moment, it causes us to lose our fear of the things that just come and go in the temporary. When we remember who you are, how big, how powerful, how able, how victorious, how wise, how omnipotent, it gives us peace even when the seas are stormy. When we remember how much you loved us, it helps us to trust your plans for us, no matter how scary, that they are good and that they are to prosper us and not to harm us, to get us to the best end that there could be for us. We love you because you first loved us. We adore and worship you because you are worthy of it. We trust you in all of your judgments and we appreciate you for all that you have done and will do for us. But far beyond all of these things, we appreciate you for you, for who you are, and what it teaches us. Your love, your patience, your kindness, your mercies that are new every morning, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your sacrifices, your humility, your steadfastness, that you have always been enough and your grace has always been sufficient for us. Let us remember that today as we think upon the fullness and the complexities and the perfection of what you have done. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. 
To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.